Welcome to the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid marketing. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And this week, we're joined by Lance Loveday and Amanda Evans from Closed Loop Agency. And we're going to be discussing the evolution of the digital advertising agency as it relates to the shift in MarTech and staffing models. So stay tuned to learn how they built a technology stack that allowed their agency to pull over 45,000 reports in Q1, all while reducing the time spent creating reports, bringing visualizations and insights, so that way their account managers could focus on strategy and know what to do next. Let's get to the show. Lance and Amanda, welcome to the PPC show. Thanks for having us, JD. Yeah, so I got to uh, meet up uh, with Lance and Amanda at uh, HeroConf just a couple of weeks ago back in Austin and got to learn a little bit more about their agency, Closed Loop. But uh, instead of me giving the introduction, Lance, Amanda, like quickly introduce you guys yourselves and tell us a little bit about Closed Loop. Sure. Um, this is Lance. I'll go first. Um, you know, been in the business for about 20 years. I've been uh, got it, in advertising and digital advertising for that long. Was one of the first advertisers on GoTo.com, which became Overture, which became Yahoo, which is now dead. Um, but also was one of the first advertisers on Google, uh, and that was before they had AdWords and they didn't know how to value their inventory. And we, you know, buy these impression blocks by the quarter, and we'd buy up all the overage, and it was really cheap and uh, fun and easy to make money at that point. Um, and you know, then had stayed with paid search and expanded into paid social and display over time, and grown the agency uh, organically. And uh, now, you know, we manage about 50 million in ad spend annually and uh, got clients all over the world and uh, a great team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're having a lot of fun in, in the quiet corner here of Sacramento, but uh, uh, doing what I consider to be world-class work. So in my mind, it's the best of all worlds. And I'm fortunate to work with the very talented uh, Amanda Evans. She's our, our chief advertising officer, and uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Sure, thanks. So, uh, yeah, Amanda Evans. I'm the chief chief advertising officer. I run the client services team over here at Closed Loop. Um, I am almost at 20 years being in the industry. Um, I think I'm at 18. And uh, yeah, like Lance, started out very early on with with GoTo and Overture and Yahoo which is still around and <laughs> our Yahoo reps would be upset if they heard you say they were dead. I meant Yahoo search. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, uh, like Lance, very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I got an interesting fun fact. I remember, uh, seeing Lance present at HeroConf Portland. So if those, if anyone was there at HeroConf Portland, that was my first, uh, run in with Lance. And then, um, you know, surprisingly getting to run into him again and you're, you know, in a very different world and in a very different space. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was like three years ago. Like that was, that was <laughs> so long. And then Amanda spoke uh, last year at HeroConf on, uh, on reporting and visualization. So um, they're very uh, well known within the industry. And so we're actually going to be talking about this uh, evolution of digital advertising agencies, which I think is an absolutely fascinating conversation especially in talking with them at, at HeroConf because of what they're doing, how they're solving it, and then what they're using to solve these problems. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you guys with kind of a first question, and that's really around 
like what you guys are trying to solve as an agency. And then, you know, like, what are you guys using to solve it? Because that has drastically changed in the last, you know, five, 10, 18 to 20 years that you guys were talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, it has evolved quickly. I mean, what we're trying to solve for at a high level is, you know, we're battling this perception that, that I think some people have that advertising management is a commodity and that, you know, kind of, is like a spike in my heart on the one hand, you know, <laughs> but, um, it, you know, we see the evidence all over the place, you know, in that, you know, some advertisers do really well, some advertisers do very poorly. Um, and, and some, you know, the majority are somewhere in the middle. Um, and most are blind to the opportunity, the money that they're leaving on the table. Um, and so we're, we fight this constant battle of, of people having kind of this checkbox mentality when it comes to who's managing their campaigns and, and how effectively they're spending their ad dollars. Uh, and so that's a constant battle for us just to, to fight that, you know, perception of commoditization. And, you know, we're fortunate that we, we find clients who kind of self-qualify, people who get it and are willing to make sure that they've got the right person in the seat managing their campaigns. Um, you know, as for how we do it, um, you know, we've had to evolve, you know, as you mentioned, partially on, on the technology side over time. And we built um, our own technology tool. After a while, we got frustrated that nobody else had done it and there weren't any good third-party tools. So we built our own um, data pipeline tool that pulls data from uh, all the front-end ad platforms and, and very importantly, pulls data from our clients' back-end systems so that we can blend it together and do a full funnel analysis, you know, in our own environment um, and get down at a really granular level to do analysis and understand, you know, where we can squeeze more performance uh, out of these campaigns. Um, and then we combine that with really strong data visualization tools that allow us to tell the story more visually, you know, as opposed to having to look at, you know, long, long tables and so on and tease it out. Um, and, you know, we did this kind of on a speculative basis to begin with, but when we started using it, um, it unlocked all kinds of additional value that we hadn't really anticipated. It, it made our people way more efficient. It started powering all of our reporting and, and automating all of that, uh, which, um, you know, our clients loved and, and our people, of course, loved because they're not having to manually source data from different places and marry it all together in, in Excel. Um, and then most importantly, it contributed to massive performance gains because you know, partially because, yeah, we had more time to do more strategic things and optimize, um, but it also enabled deeper forms of analysis and intelligence that we couldn't get any other way. So it, it's really been a game changer for us, um, developing our own technology. And you know, I know a lot of agencies struggle with how to approach that. You know, do you build or, or buy, and, you know, and, and how do you go about it? And in our case, building our own has been the right answer. Um, but it's, it's something I think every agency's got to solve for. Yeah, I mean, even adding to that one, build, buy, or, or staff. I mean, I've seen agencies just throw people at it. Um, you know, you can get a lot of uh, people coming in maybe right out of college and th teach them Excel, right? And you can pay them, you know, cheaper wages, right? But I think at the same time, I kind of want to hit on a couple of things that you talked about. It's, you know, solving for the data pipeline, automating as much as possible. Uh, Amanda, I'll kick this one over to you. So when you guys are th thinking through on, on, the, on the services side of this reporting and this visualization, you know, like talk to me how you guys are pulling this all in, trying to automate it and why that's so important. 
Yeah, it's it's really critical. You know, when when we started looking at the way that our account managers were reporting out to clients, this was maybe five years ago now, um, we realized they were spending roughly 50% of their time putting things into spreadsheets to turn it around to give to people. Um, that's just not an efficient use of time. We've got really smart people that don't need to be copying and pasting data into a spreadsheet and then running a pivot table and then formatting and all that. So we started looking for different ways um, to get our data into something that would work. Um, so with the proliferation of data, we started you know, seeing that our clients were asking for you know, different levels of keyword report or geography or search query reporting. And it was just getting to be bigger and bigger and bigger amounts of data. Um, so now what we've got is we've got a data warehouse that is pulling directly in from the platform's APIs. Um, so we're connected to AdWords and Bing and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and Yahoo. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yahoo Gemini. Don't, don't leave them out. <laughs> and, uh, and all of that data gets pulled in. And when I mean all of that data, I mean all of that data. So we're pulling geography down to the city level for every day for the past two years. We're pulling keyword level data, search query data, placement data. Um, you know, different cuts and slices and dices of social level data. All of that gets pulled in to, um, we use Tableau, but you know, uh, different agencies use different types of BI tools. Um, but the BI tools are critical for enabling this kind of on the fly analysis. Our uh, philosophy is that reporting needs to be um, be able to answer people's questions on the fly, as well as provide analysis, as well as tell the story. To be able to find a tool to do all that is really difficult. Um, so that's what we've come up with. Nice. Yeah. And it's something, you know, when you think through like reporting, I've been trying to think through it differently as well. So like for me, this is uh, my internal definition is like report is like the last thing you do, right? And really what you should be doing is measuring and analyzing and spending your time doing that. And if you're spending all of your time, like you were saying, like 50% of your time, just getting the data in just so you could build a report, right? You're kind of missing out on this measuring aspect and this analyzing aspect, which is honestly, that's like, that's way more fun. I, I would much rather spend brain power on that. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I don't get the people that just like are so ingrained in Excel and they don't want to leave it. And uh, I get it. It's, it's, it's powerful. I get it. It's great. But at the end of the day, like let's automate that. And like, let's, let's use our brain powers to solve, you know, greater problems like, like data pipeline and understanding yeah. deeper funnel metrics. And how do we use that to optimize? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you got to think about just what the natural limit is on how much, how many reports you can pull, how much data you can pull, and, and what you can, you know, what what one brain can possibly um, internalize. And, and just to give you a, a basis for comparison, our CTO published some numbers from from the use of our tool. Uh, and in Q1 alone, we we ran 450, we pulled 450 thousand reports, you know, and we pulled in 256 gigs of uncompressed data. Dang. You know? 
<laughs> That's no, a lot. <laughs> you know, no, no, you know, reasonable size collection of brains is going to be able to process that kind of data. You just can't, you can't do it. Definitely not quickly. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I think, and I think that's like, that's a really good point. You know, you're talking about the amount, you're talking about the volume of the data. And so when you guys are thinking through using this data, so like, let's say, you know, what you guys have got this automated, you're pulling it in, like, what's that next step now when you guys are thinking about optimizing and blending this data from the front end kind of you know, in the interface type of metrics from your AdWords, from that backend data that's living maybe in a CRM or maybe it's living, you know, uh, somewhere else, maybe for e-commerce in, they, in their own data warehouse. How, how are you guys thinking through the blending and really using that information to drive performance? Yeah. So yeah. We, um, we will typically tag all of our, you know, ads and, and with uh, parameters that get passed into a client's CRM system. They will then um, either send us, uh, you know, some sort of a, a, a download of that CRM data, whether it be in a CSV format or directly, we can connect directly to Salesforce as well. Um, we then blend that data with the front end data. So we get a, a true understanding of a user that came through on a given keyword, did they eventually convert to an opportunity and a closed sale? As you can imagine, for a B2B business, that's extremely important. Um, we're not just driving leads at that point, we're driving you know, revenue. We're driving qualified leads for the sales force there. Um, so, and that all happens on an automated basis. We set it up once, um, as the client sends us their, their reports each week that gets blended in automatically and pushed up to um, a web-based reporting tool. Yeah, I like to uh, kind of dive into that. I'm sure th uh, our agency folks over here probably have two, two questions. One, like, oh man, do I really have to, right? Um, is going to be one because it's so easy to optimize for the lead. Right. And not go further because we can track that lead probably digitally, right? Like we can use Google analytics, for example, to track that. But right. when you talk about the CRM data, um, like marketers are probably like eh, that, that, that's, that's for sales. Right. So how do you guys kind of work with clients to like to actually get that access or to get that information? Lance, you had mentioned, uh, you have a lot of uh, clients that are opting into your guys's philosophy to begin with. Is, is do you think that's really kind of where it starts in the beginning? That's part of it, you know. And, but sometimes there is an education process, and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of kind of showing the the kind of waterfall analysis of like, all right, well, you know, here's what we think is happening on a cost per lead basis, you know, and it, it looks like these leads are cheap, but here's based on our past experience what reality has been. And so we'll show kind of a case study and say, look, you know, here's how the economics looked on the front end. And we were buying, you know, leads from this source all day long because they were cheap. Um, but when we ran it down and finally got to what's the cost per MQL, what's the cost per SQL, what's the cost per close, and then what ultimately over time, what's the true ROI? It turned out those cheap leads were cheap for a reason. You know, they, they were worthless and we were overpaying for them. Whereas some of those expensive leads we thought we couldn't afford to buy were worth it and we should have been paying 500% more for them. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we show, you know, based on real world performance, how our spending mix changed over time based on 
incorporating that back-end performance into our, our bidding and, and spending decisions, and it completely changed how we thought about the uh, and value different sources of traffic. It also had the beneficial effect of changing the sales force's perception of the quality of those leads. So they ended up working the leads that much harder and we got an additional multiplier effect on it that way. And so you combine all those things together and you get into a really virtuous cycle. And, and that's the holy grail of, of all of this for us. So once we can tell that story based on actual performance data and we you know, tell people that, hey, the action required to actually you know, instrument things and enable this, it isn't that hard, it, you know, it, it's doable. Um, people generally start nodding along going, yeah, okay, we should, we should totally do that. That makes sense. And, and for, you know, we have a solution. It's pretty turnkey. Uh, so it, it doesn't create a lot of work on the client side. Hmm. Uh, so we, we are able to not just preach at them and tell them this is how it should be done. We're actually trying to do that heavy lifting for them and, and show it for them. And then over time, you know, clients um, kind of build their own internal systems kind of, uh, around that as well. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're using uh, Zoom right now to record this. And so right behind Lance is uh, a map of the MarTech landscape, you know, put out by uh, Scott Brinker. And you should see this explosion, right? If you haven't seen it, I think uh, this like, just came out last couple of weeks. I think it's close to 7,000 now. When we think about marketing, when we think about where it's going, there's so much data. And I, I would say it's getting easier to track. It's getting easier to automate. It's getting easier to, to measure. And I think the advertisers, like yourself that are building out these types of solutions are the ones that are going to succeed because I think you're, you're already ahead of the curve. I was, um, I was talking with Andy Taylor, who's now at Merkle and he was at RKG before, but they started out with the warehouse. Like that's what right. Merkle bought them for. Right. They, they're tagging down to the keyword and they've been doing this and they've been able to run these types of reports. I mean, that's what the Merkle reports are so valuable is right. because they're able to use a data warehouse to be able to use a visualization tool to run these types of uh, analysis. And I think that's something like we can all understand, we can all grasp, but you guys are actually using it to drive performance. Uh, before this, we were talking about some, some quality st uh, score stuff. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about that story because I thought that was fascinating because I'm sure everyone's rolling their eyes once I said quality score and that it actually matters. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, this is something that has kind of reared its head again for us more recently, um, partially because we've had kind of this deeper data access and analysis, and we've, we've been able to correlate uh, quality score to performance a little more closely, and, and it's just driven home for us via a lot of the audits that we've done for, uh, for people over time, uh, just how low a starting point so many campaigns are starting from on a quality score basis. And I think it's a, it's a really underappreciated um, drag on a lot of campaigns performance and, and people are kind of blind to it. And so, the, yeah, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit about quality score because it, it has been discussed and, and almost beat to death over time. But having said that we've seen repeatedly now via so many of these audits that the, the average weighted quality score for even larger advertisers sometimes um, is really low and is is absolutely a drag on the economics of their campaigns. And again, via case studies, we're able to demonstrate and say, look, this is what has happened in terms of the campaign economics when we've been able to improve average quality scores by even a point or two over time. 
it, it's just had a massive impact. So, um, you know, I think for as much ink has been spilled on quality score and for, for as much as people might be tired of hearing about it, um, it, it isn't enough to, to just nod your head and say, yeah, yeah, quality score is important. You've got to take action if it turns out that it, it, you're suffering as a result of those things. And, and when you do, the, it just creates so much upside potential. It's, you know, it, it, you can't ignore it. Yeah. When you guys are kind of like thinking through um – you know, these deeper funnel metrics, you guys are automating it. You have a great visualization tool within the uh, Tableau and you're freeing up your account manager's times. So how, how do you guys think through staffing? You know, like what are they doing now with that 50% of time? Uh, you know, uh, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, Amanda, you it's probably under your, your, your purview here. Uh, you know, how, how do you guys think through that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The, the, we were originally thinking the 50% of, of their time would be able to be spent on, you know, maybe an additional client. That hasn't happened. Um, and the reason that hasn't happened is that 50% of their time is now shifted over to being more strategic. Um, they're able to analyze deeper, um, much, much deeper levels than ever before, um, which I think is you know, tracking along perfectly with the industry. The industry is giving us more and more targeting options. Um, and so it's been a good change for us because that 50% of the time, now they can actually identify which of those targeting options need to be used and start to use those levers strategically. It's hard to find a lot of that information within the interfaces or, as we said before, downloading it into Excel. But by having the reporting automated, by having the ability to drill down and filter and segment in real time, that's made our account managers much more strategic, I think. So we didn't get to use their 50% of the time on other clients, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, I'm sure the uh, clients appreciate that. Yeah. So. <laughs> But um, kind of like the, uh, the, the, the next phase of that, right? So now they're being more strategic. Um, you know, like talk to me about how that's even changed for like a staffing model within an agency, you know, within the last kind of like five years of thinking through, you know, who you guys are hiring now and the types of people you guys are hiring now. Yeah, we're, we're hiring mostly for a mindset rather than skill-based. Um, so, you know, think back five years, we were looking for somebody who knew AdWords inside and out. Um, now we're looking for somebody that understands how numbers fit together, how metrics um, are working towards improving a campaign. Um, so I think, you know, the skills and how the mechanics of, you know, how you build out an ad group, that can all be taught. We're looking for somebody who is driven to identify kind of weird anomalies in the data, um, think through questions that a client is gonna ask, um, and, and really look at this from a qualitative perspective rather than just pure mechanics. Um, so I, I'd like to think we're, we're looking for somebody that can think a little bit bigger um, rather than just somebody who's in there doing the daily bids. Yeah, we think of them as you know, systems thinkers, right? People who uh, appreciate how uh, changing one input is is going to you know change other downstream metrics and and you know impact the the ultimate north star metric that, that we're optimizing to. 
as well, um, and, but who appreciates, you know, the quantitative and, and the qualitative components that, that come into play. And, you know, I, I talk about how over time people develop the art of advertising management. And, and I really believe that there is an, an, an art and creative component to the work that we do. Um, and, and it's not um, fully quantifiable. It's not uh, something that is easy to build an algorithm for. Uh, and, and for that reason, um, I actually feel pretty good uh, about our ability to continue to, to differentiate and, um, and to not fall into that commodity trap uh, because we are, you know, using, using, you know, people's minds for, for what people are good for. And that's, you know, the strategy, teasing out meaning, uh, understanding the relationship between things. And then we're using the technology, obviously, for what, what technology is good for. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys are uh, have a really good uh, frame of reference for what can be automated, but also like what can we focus on as humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are things that uh, if you're spending you know five six hours a day pulling reports into Excel, like you're probably going to be automated in a couple of years. But the things that won't be automated are that strategical thinking. Uh, I still maintain that, and I think the uh, the the people that can learn to use the technology and use the automation tools, those are the ones that are going to succeed, in my opinion, kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you guys are doing a really great job. As far as like, you know, kind of like wrapping up, like, you know, what would you guys like want to leave everyone with? You know, like, what would be your main takeaways to agencies or to in-house teams as they're maybe some are on this journey with you guys and trying to build out their own tech stacks? I, I know many are not. So, you know, how do you kind of think through that? You know, I would encourage people to just start experimenting. You know, for, for us, if you'd asked us five years ago if we were going to have our own technology tool that might rival what you know, some of these other you know, agencies have built over time, um, I would have said, no way. We're too small. We can't afford it. It's too hard. You know, but the reality is we got frustrated enough <laughs> that we decided to go ahead and, and, and take a shot at it. And, um, you know, goddamn if we didn't pull it off you know, over time. Um, but it had to start somewhere. And, and in retrospect, God, I, yeah, I wish I'd started a lot sooner. Uh, and so I, I would encourage people just to take the first step, you know, start, you know, download a trial of Tableau, get familiar with it, you know, start to think about ways you might be able to use that. Um, you know, hook it up to a tool like AdStage. I mean, you know, we're using AdStage to, to power part of, part of our funnel, right? Um, you know, you can absolutely kind of do your own homebrew data pipeline and, and visualization uh, platform. And, and I would encourage everyone just to take that first step. That would be my takeaway. Yeah. Amanda, do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I, I mean, I would agree. I think, you know, taking the first step with the client um, in mind, I think, you know, advertising agencies are, are much more than advertising agencies at this point. You know, we've, we've transitioned into you know, really consultants on, on a business front. And I think using a lot of the, the data automation tools and data pipelines that are out there help us to continue in that capacity. So that's good. Well, fantastic. I mean, great advice. It's thank you for taking us along that journey of this evolution as we kind of think through it. And I think we really are in this kind of this, this turning point, I, I would say in 2018 specifically, where I saw we, I think we saw a lot of trends bubble up in 2017 around CMOs wanting to track revenue, being held responsible for revenue. And I think we're starting to see um, 
people, uh, agencies, in-house teams really starting to think through, especially on the marketing side of how we can track further down the funnel. You guys have been doing it for five years, which is absolutely incredible to, to think through. But um, where can people find you guys? You know, where, where can they reach out if they had some questions? I'm sure there are people that are going to want to uh, ask questions about your, your, your stack and what you guys are using, what tools. Uh, I know that that's always a big question. So where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, um, the website's just closedloop.com. Uh, Twitter, we're at, uh, at closedloop. Pretty consistent that way. <laughs> uh, you know, those are probably the, the best methods. Yeah. And uh, you guys were talking about who you guys are hiring for. Are you guys uh, currently hiring if anyone is, if anyone's listening? We are always hiring. <laughs> so it's default, yes. And in fact, if you could uh, advertise for that on all future podcasts, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right. So, um, you know, thank you guys again for coming on, talking to us. And then for those listening, that's uh, closedloop.com. You guys can find them on Twitter as well uh, at, at closedloop and they are hiring. So reach out to Lance and Amanda if you guys want to learn more about what they're working on or hey, if you want to become a potential client of theirs, um, they are very smart people and I think they're going to do a really great job for you guys. So uh, that's it for today's show. We will see you guys next week. 